Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast that packs a punch like a Thomas Hitzelsberger left-footed volley. My name is George and joining me on the programme as always is Frankie Maguire and Roisin Mendonca. In the show today there is offside controversy in the defeat to Man City. We'll be talking about the transfer window being open, some in, some outs. We say goodbye to handsome Connor Howrahan. Also on the programme, of course, as ever, the perfect 11, where we move on to the centre-back position and tensions run high as we compete for a free Nando's. Welcome to the third episode then of All Villa, No Filler. Apologies, guys, that I wasn't there for the interview with uh, Brett Bates, the Toronto Lions chairman that you did, which I thought was was really, really good. I thought it was really interesting and it was good to hear that kind of different perspective uh, with him so if you're listening Brett thanks for uh, for joining us and speaking to us um Frankie what did you uh, what did you make of, of Brett's comments about supporting the villa from uh, from Canada yeah they were great um it's lovely to know that Aston Villa have communities like that outside of the UK and that you know if you are a villa fan from the UK and you move out to somewhere like Toronto Canada you can build up a, a big friendship group um and one thing I learned that I didn't realize was just how many fans we have uh, based around North America and that they all meet up once a year. Uh, they come in from places like Alaska, California, New York, Texas, all over the place. So um, it's a it's a fun community out there. And I, I now very much, when this uh, pandemic is over, I very much want to travel out there and spend a, a day or two with them. And do you know who we need to come? What about that message, Frankie, from somebody who'd listened to the pod? She better be at the meetup. That's right. We um we have a a Villa fan um has messaged us all the way from Seattle in uh, Washington. Her name's Martha. So hello, Martha, if you're listening. Um, now uh, she told me that she's a uh, been a big fan since she was five years old. She was born in the UK and she moved out to the US uh, when she was very young. Um, and uh, she has two cats, uh, one named Dean Smith and one named Tyro Mings. So <laughs> how perfect is that? <laughs> Perfect. I, 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 hope, uh, I hope the cat of Tyrone Mings is more aware of the surroundings <laughs> than the football of Tyrone Mings. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. But. Oh dear. And uh, Rasheen, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm fine. Just trying to keep myself busy. Um, you know, box sets, reading. I've got, of course, Anna's Diary, um, <laughs> which, you know, there are some fantastic entries. Um, I found a, a, a really, really excellent one, which... I don't know. I think it could have kicked off a career in, in kind of football commentary, punditry. Um, you know, she's got she's got a real way with words, actually. What, what did she say? OK, so obviously last week you heard about um, Villa Spurs. I think her best entry was from the 23rd of February, 95. Um, so the month after. And it, it's quite a memorable match, I think, for a lot of Villa fans because it was Villa... Lecter City, according to Anna Spelling. <laughs> um, so can I read the entry? It's quite a long yes, one, please. this. Um, yesterday, on Wednesday, the 22nd of February, 1995, I went to see Aston Villa versus Lecter City. <laughs> At first, Villa were doing really good. With 10 minutes gone, it was 1-0 to Aston Villa, scored by Dean Sanders. Bernie <laughs> <laughs> Sanders' brother. <Yeah. laughs> After 34 minutes, there was a goal scored by Steve Staunton, which put Villa ahead 2-0. But Villa, or Lecter, were not to know that there was another six goals. <laughs> Two more for Villa, scored by Dwight York and Tommy Johnson. Lecter, sc- <laughs> Lecter scored three with just 21 minutes to go. 
They also scored early on. I think she forgot that one. <laughs> that made the full-time score Villa 4, Lecter 4. What a game. <laughs> I know, I know. P.S. I will never, ever forget my first time sitting in the Holt End. <laughs> wow, I bet. Wow. Imagine that as your first game in the Holt End. That is ridiculous. Does she still call it Lecter? <laughs> So yeah, it's just been keeping me busy. Um and yeah, I will post that one up on the Instagram as well, I'm sure. Um but she's really got away with words, haven't she? Hasn't she? she Real does. storyteller. She that was amazing. Absolutely, that was amazing. Um I've been uh, I've been cracking on with my football manager challenge. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you um, were listening to a show. It might have been the last show or the show before, where uh, after Villa's kids played in the FA Cup against Liverpool, I set myself what I've now called the Mark Delaney Challenge, <laughs> which is playing solely under 18s and under 23s uh, in Football Manager in a full league season. Uh, unfortunately for me, that didn't go particularly well. Although the board were very trusting of me for quite a long time. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't win a single game, uh, and um, I lasted until. Did you score any goals? I, I we scored maybe three <laughs> until November. I think Louis Barry scored one, and a couple of other people scored a couple of other goals. But yeah, they stuck with me until November. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was quite a uh, it was quite a remarkable. Uh, introduction to football for those poor for those poor boys i think i explained as well that um that bogard had to pay out of his own pocket after they were thumped by uh, in, in the opening in the opening game of the season but yeah looking at the table now when i was sacked we were obviously bottom of the table goal difference of minus 38 um 13 games beaten one game drawn obviously no games won and we were 13 points off safety that sounds uh, like us before before the end of last season, doesn't it? I know. I, I needed I need I needed a lockdown to work out how I was going to strategically <laughs> change change my team. But um, but since then, I've now taken up the Martin O'Neill challenge, which is uh, playing a four four two with a direct counter attack, two flying wingers, uh, a big striker up front, and a poacher like kind of Carew at Bonglahore. and we're um, currently mid table. Uh, right. in the league. Yeah, nice. we're 11th. I, I signed a big lump from Preston called Jaden Stockley to play in the wow. John Carew uh, role. <laughs> Sorry, Jaden, if you're listening. You're a big lump, you. Um, but uh, yeah, he scored like six goals in 20 odd appearances. So he's. I'm doing something right. I, it's not me as a manager, it's the player. <laughs> So I just want to make that point. God, this, this is a slippery slope, George. When a manager starts blaming his players, <laughs> yeah, there's only one way it ends. They turn well, I'm on not, you. I'm not blaming Jaden Stockley, that's for sure. <laughs> I love these challenges. We'll we'll post about them on social media. We'll put them on all our uh, sites. Okay, then moving on to the actual uh, football, as we talked about earlier. This I can't believe it. We set up this podcast and we haven't yet spoken about a first 11 uh, Villa League game yet. And it's, you know, um, the middle of uh, the middle of January. Incredible. But yes, Aston Villa played Man City yesterday. A frustrating game, really, but not necessarily because of the way we performed, uh, Roisin, was it? It seemed to be more, again to do with decisions uh, that were out of our hands. Yeah, I thought it was a great game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought our defence, I thought we had a real standout defence. I know we'll come on to Tyrone Mings. 
Um, but I just thought there was block after block after block. Um, you know, Man City were getting through, but you you didn't worry that it was kind of well, they weren't scoring. I thought Target in particular was fantastic. Um, I thought Foden did cause a few problems. Um, but even when he managed to get through, um, you know, we were solid and organised at the back, I thought. Um, and the Ming's goal, Frankie, I'm sure you you want to comment on that. Um, I, I do. I think it was a goal. I think it, I think it was a tough decision to take. Um, and I think it's probably, you know, left a bit of a, a bit of a sting. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that that was just a, a, an error of judgment, you know, a, a, a lapse of judgment in that moment. And actually, um, you know, generally we were really, really strong. It's a, it's a difficult one. I listened to a clip with Dermot Gallagher, who's a former referee, and he kind of explained that as soon as Tyrone Mings um, picked up the picked up the ball, even though Rodri was in an offside position when Mings took the ball down, the fact that he had then well, I say controlled yeah. it, yeah. controlled it in his he own tried Tyrone to control Mings way. It, yeah. Um, that meant there was a kind of a, a change in play, which meant that Rodri could then uh, be involved in that phase of play. He could he could win the ball, and then obviously that led to the. The, uh, the the Man City goal. Yeah, and it clearly just got taken off him. You know, he controlled it badly, like you say, maybe a lack of control, and and Rodri took advantage of it. Um, I don't think yeah. the advantage was, you know, naturally just there because of his position. I think the advantage was there because perhaps Tyrone Mings made a mistake, really. Yeah, and and I would probably agree with you. I mean, Frankie, we we've um, we were talking about Mings um, in uh, in the the group chat yesterday, weren't we? And and and. You know, he's he's he is a good player. He obviously he's a very good player, and he was instrumental to us um, in the championship, and has been a great player in the Premier League too. A, a real kind of leader on the pitch. But I, I think he's been in the past few games. Definitely, his his concentration levels have been quite poor, and he's probably been one of our one of our sort of worst performing players. What what do you think? A few fans have got on his back. In recent times, but I think we have to remember that when Tyron Mings came in, we were conceding goal after goal after goal in the championship. And to be quite frank, I don't think we would have got promoted without him. And he's been a great, great servant to Aston Villa and will continue to be a great servant to Villa. But what I what I would say is yes, there is a case that in the last three games, Crystal Palace he got red carded. Um yesterday you could argue it was a he should have cleared it. I think he said it on Twitter himself, but at the same time he was very unlucky with what was a Extremely dubious decision. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced it should have stood at all, despite what I've read from um, official uh, memos. And um, also, you know, he, against Manchester United, was he at fault for the first goal again? It's possible. And there were a couple of moments last season again where you perhaps thought he switched off. But at the same time, I don't think we'd have stayed up without him either. Um, he's a he's a great leader on the pitch. You hear him talking. He is good on the ball. Does he have a, mis- a mistake in him every now and again? He does. Um, I, I, but, you know, I, I still think at the moment the positives outweigh any sort of negatives. Um, and to be quite frank as well, I think players like Esri Concert and Matt Target have improved massively being beside him. Esri Concert is now, a, 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 I think, a, getting into to a world-class player. And Matt Target, last night, 10 out of 10. He was amazing, he was amazing. last he night. He truly was. Both fullbacks. I know I know. Cash gave away the penalty at the end, but um, mm. both Matties, both right and left, did uh, did really well. I remember Gareth Southgate being asked about England's left-hand side and he, he his response was, who's there? Who can play there? 
um, because I think he was putting a right back at left back. And um, well, Matt Target is making a good case at the moment with his, his consistency, his improvement. He's good going forward. He has a lovely partnership with Grealish, and his t- but his tackling and just leading the game last night. Always. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. I think um, I think we're kind of spoilt for choice on the right side of defence. Unfortunately for for Matty Cash, it doesn't look like he. I mean, you, you never know um, if he keeps up his form, then um, then at least he's putting himself in the kind of the window, so to speak, uh, for mm-hmm. Southgate to kind of consider him for that position. But but you're right, it's it's kind of left back is um, is 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 a position absolutely where Target can can look at the England squad and think maybe I've got a. I've got an opportunity to to at least make a make a squad, and, and this being a Euros year, it's um it it's it's promising that he's coming into a bit of form at the moment. All Villa, no filler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. As ever, now it's time for this. The perfect eleven. It's the perfect 11, which I'm hosting this week. This is a feature where we build our best ever Aston Villa first 11. We've already chosen Bozzy in gold and Alan Hutton, the Scottish Cafu at right back. This week, we're selecting our first centre-back and normally, um, you know, we'd have a solid debate. But actually, we all had a discussion and there is one man who we absolutely had to pick first up. It is, of course, Paul McGrath. So, Frankie, can can you just tell us why we've chosen Paul McGrath and why we've all agreed on this? I'm sure our listeners will know, but it never hurts to remind everyone. Well, when a football club's fans are still singing about you 25 years um, after you've left the club, I think that suggests what an impact he had on Villa. I mean, we use the term legend a lot, but he almost it almost feels like he transcends that term. He feels like more than that. He's a club icon. He's a national icon. He's a cultural icon in Ireland. Um, he's the first ever Premier League Players Player of the Year. He was in the top divisions team of the year twice. Villa finished uh, runners-up twice with him. We won two League Cups with him. Um, I mean, he's on a he was on a postage stamp in Ireland. You know, I mean, if you're good enough to be on a postage stamp, <laughs> you're good enough for the perfect exactly, eleven. Exactly, exactly. I think one thing I would say about McGrath is that what I always remember about him is that he always read the game magnificently, but he was very cultured on the ball and he played in midfield a lot for Ireland as well. Um, and to me, he was my first superhero as a child. You know, he's the, he was... Um, you know, if, if I ever thought a burglar might try and break into my house, I wouldn't have called Superman. I'd have tried to see if Paul McGraw was available to <laughs> clear him away, you know. <laughs> to, to me, you know, there's whatever challenges he had off the pitch and it did affect his career and he had numerous knee injuries too. But the fact that he was able to overcome all that to be such a brilliant, brilliant footballer um, on the football pitch, he was as close to perfection as I think we'll ever get at Villa. And to me, he's not a player of the 80s. He's not a player of the 90s. He's a player for all time. I get the impression you quite like Paul McGrath. It was like, <laughs> it was, it was like George, uh, anything to add? I don't think I can add it. It was like you were reading his eulogy there, Frankie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. He, he, the, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more to say. He, he was he was always going to yeah. be nailed on. In the same way that, as we've discussed in previous shows, Jack Grealish is pretty, well, he is kind of nailed into this team as well without even moving on to the uh, midfield yet. Um yeah, Paul McGrath's in. So the debate is who partners him 
So exactly, hmm. yeah. This leaves us with another centre back position, boys. So, um, and it is a strong position. It is a strong position, I think, for us. Um, so I think, Frankie, um, <laughs> I will start with you. If you've got any energy left, <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> Well, Who are you going for as your second centre-back, Frankie? Well, I've written a 20-minute eulogy to Martin Larson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got to be uh, Martin Larson. I thought he was a he was a brilliant, brilliant defender for Villa. I, um, he scored. He uh, he was injured an awful lot. I think we know that um, his knee injury really curtailed his career. Um, but you know that one particular season he had where he played every game under Martin O'Neill, two thousand seven to two thousand eight, helped us up to sixth. He scored six goals. I was there at the game where he scored against Ajax as well. Um, he was a great reader of the game, very very physical player, and he in that one season alone he made himself a Villa legend. I would argue. George, who are you going to counter with? Well, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick a sort of another Scandinavian uh, to play alongside Paul McGrath in this perfect eleven. I, I think a lot of our listeners would probably assume he his name is going to be uh, up there amongst the best of them that ever put on the famous claret and blue. Uh, Olaf Melberg, the Swedish oh, um, handsome legend. Melberg, handsome handsome Melberg. And if we, if we, if we, yeah. there's a lot of handsome players at there, Villa, isn't there? There, there? there is, and and if that if that helps sway your decision, Roisin, um then I will I will keep, I will keep saying what a handsome man he is as I as I describe him to you. Um, he was, I mean, he sort of arrived to no like great fanfare as far as I um, can remember. I was quite young when he when he joined, to be fair. But he, he sort of came from from La Liga. I think it was Racing Santander that he joined from. And yeah, he sort of sort of settled in settled in pretty well. He he arrived as a, as a centre back, and he did he did well as a centre back. And then when when O'Neill came in, he sort of shifted to right back, but performed so well there as well and he kind of forged this kind of really good relationship I thought with the with the fans um he's actually I've actually got this uh, book of villa quotes which I will bring up again later when we do the back in time quiz um and there's a there's a quote from from Olaf Melberg on Birmingham City and he said this is a quote from him he said I just feel I've got the feeling that I just don't like them that's just the feeling I get from the whole club and the fans. <laughs> right, he's in. He's in. <laughs> he's in. He's in. For that, you know, he's 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 just. There he, was that throw in though, George. There was that throw in, but obviously that wasn't really. I mean, that wasn't. His it wasn't fault. him, it was totally it? Totally it's just, a, just got a strong arm. Uh, if anybody doesn't remember, <laughs> it, um, I mean, I'm sure you will do because you're all. Let's not bring it up podcast. again. <laughs> but yes, you know, it was against the Blues. The throw in, it went at the Enkelman's foot and in, and um, yeah, that was a that was a bit of a disastrous moment for us in our in our history. But he did have a good relationship with the fans. I remember his final game for us before he joined Juventus of all clubs. Um, he gave every travelling fan to that last game against West Ham a, uh, a, a shirt which said, thanks for, which was his number, your support on. I don't know if you guys remember that. But, he, you know, obviously incredibly generous, in, incredibly um, sort of close with the fans and just a brilliant centre-back, uh, incredibly reliable. He didn't have the, um, luckily, he didn't really have the uh, the, insu- the injury uh, concerns that, that Larson had throughout his career at Villa. So he played quite consistently and was was um, kind of uh, one of the first names on the team sheet in that Martin O'Neill um, eleven. So um, yeah, I think for me it has to be one man. It's it's very it's handsome, handsome, handsome Olaf Melberg. <laughs> Add another handsome and he's in. Um, this is quite tough. You know, two players, same era, um, both reliable, both excellent kind of centre backs. But I think I 
think, despite the throw-in, oh. I think George's persuasive. It's oh. not just about him being very handsome, uh-huh. but I think George's comments about him being kind of there for the fans and, and really engaging us and really reliable and kind of loving the club, I think I might just have to put him there in with, with Paul McGrath. So oh, it's Olaf Melberg is our second centre-back. Look, I can't argue with that. He is a Villa legend and you make a very um, persuasive case, George. I think you said I was unpersuasive a few weeks ago. I've proven unpersuasive again. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 think, I think one position... Um, I mean, centre-back, we've, we've had so many great players there. Ron Vlaar kept us up for a few years. Recently, we've had Hugo Ekiog, the late, okay. great Hugo Ekiog. Um, Gareth Southgate. We've had a few really good players in that position. We have had a lot of fantastic players, Frankie, but we have nailed it down. We've got Paul McGrath and we've got Olaf Melberg joining the Scottish Cafu at the back. And this is the part where, of course, we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us on the socials. Just search All Villa, No Filler on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. If you're a Villa fan based outside the UK, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you show your support for the Villa. Are you part of a supporters club or do you have to watch games all alone? You can send us your stories to our email address allvillanofiller at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Just search allvillanofiller. That's all Villa, no filler. Okay, well, after that um, disappointing defeat uh, against Man City, let's look ahead now to Villa's next game. It's against uh, Newcastle, Steve Bruce's Newcastle, of course, at home on Saturday. Rasheen, how do you think that one's going to go? Hopefully, well, yeah. I didn't think I didn't think we looked too tired, given that, I, you know, we've had COVID, we've had a few weeks rested. Um, I think that I would have liked to have seen in the Man City game. Um, Ross Barkley perhaps looking he, he looked a bit tired um and he looked like you know he looked like he hadn't played since the 20 whatever of November um so I'd like to see him perhaps coming back a bit stronger um I think that you know when McGinn's on form um obviously Grealish is on form Barkley's freeing up you know other players in the pitch Grealish to be a bit more creative I think when Bertie's on form as well which which he is at the moment I think we can be a real threat to Newcastle and you know I'm I'm not concerned I think we've got it. I think from a Villa perspective, given how well they played against Man City, I would fully expect us to to play Newcastle and um, and get a positive result. Um, and I think, to be honest, they'll be fired up after what happened against Man City yesterday. I think they'll have the bit between their teeth. And, I, and I'm, I'm hopeful and kind of expectant, which is quite a dangerous position to have, that we'll, we'll get all the three points. What about you, Frankie? Yeah, I think it's the kind of game we have to look at and think we have to get three points there. They're Newcastle are in really, really poor form and it doesn't look like they're, there's a particularly good vibe around the place at the moment. And uh, I think for Villa, you know, we have to look at it and think, OK, what we did to a team like Crystal Palace is what we have to try and do against Newcastle. Um you never know. Teams do sometimes turn up and just put in a great defensive performance and perhaps they will really go for it against Villa and try everything they can to stop us scoring. Um, but um, but I would expect that we will just about have too much. But, you know, you never know. OK, we're in January, which means that we're also in the transfer window. And there has been some transfer news this week. First off, Villa have been strongly linked with Marseille midfielder Morgan Sanson. Uh, and we spoke to the France-based CBS football correspondent and Aston Villa fan, 
Jonathan Johnson about Sansong. He's uh, an interesting player, somebody who I think has been waiting for a Premier League move for a couple of years. Uh, he's he's quite. T- I mean, he's in a similar mould to. To, to John McGinn, I, d- I don't want to promise people that he's going to be another uh, McGinn, but he's very he's sort of, you know, he's quite box to box. Uh, he's cut out for Premier League football. I find him better in a more advanced midfield role. I think he's better uh, sort of, you know, with a mind to, towards the attack as opposed to, to defending. He's got a good shot from distance. Uh, I mean, I think he'll slot quite well into the Villa squad. I'm just not sure at this moment in time, you know, when we've got the likes of McGinn, uh, Louise, uh, Grealish um, and Barkley as well, when they're all fit, I don't see him necessarily fitting in as a starter there, but I definitely think he'll add depth uh, to the squad. And and my thinking is perhaps Villa are concerned about a potential departure uh, this summer and they're looking to sort of, you know, get their ideal replacements in early. So all positive stuff there. But on Wednesday, uh, we had to say goodbye to handsome Connor Howrahan. So many handsome players in this <laughs> other team. Um, well, Frankie, that, this is your nickname for, for Connor Howrahan, handsome Howrahan. He's moved to uh, Swansea <laughs> on loan. Frankie, um, first of all, why do you call him handsome Howrahan? And how do you make or what do you make <laughs> of his move to South Wales? Get to the really important subject here. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is what we want to know. I call him handsome because he's a very handsome man. What <laughs> <laughs> um, more needs to be said? Yeah, I, Connor Howrahan has been a really, really important player for Aston Villa in our recent history. Um, he only cost three million quid, um, and he was a massive, massive part in Aston Villa kind of refinding themselves after that the disaster of the relegation season. He, I, I saw it tweeted by Ashley Prees, the Birmingham Mail, that he had fifty-four goal involvements in one hundred and fifty-six Championship games last season. He had three goals, five assists, and if you think about it, the assist for Trezeguet of the corner last season against Arsenal, another assist for Concer against Everton. He was a really crucial player in that run-in as well. Um, so Conor Howrahan was a massive part in us getting promoted and big part in us staying up. And uh, at three million quid, I think he probably has to be considered one of our best ever investments. We all here at All Villa, though, Filler, wish him, wish him the very best. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. This is where things get competitive. It's the back in time quiz, of course, where as the title implies, I'll take a journey back in time to see how much Roisin and Frankie really know about the mighty Aston Villa. We could be playing just for honour, but no, there's something more prestigious at play. They're playing for the Townsend Trophy, named after Aston Villa legend Andy Townsend. Now, whoever wins this quiz takes hold of the trophy. And by the end of the season, whoever's won the title, the most wins a free Nando's. The catch being the losers have to buy it for. Is he not going to mention his sauce today? I know you want to mention it, Frankie. Go on. What's your favourite sauce, Frankie? At Nando's? <laughs> I'll tell you, wild herb sauce <laughs> is the greatest thing you have ever eaten. And I'll tell you what, the if, ever, thing if ever, ever if ever I'm on a last meal somehow, you know, Somehow we ended up on death row um, <laughs> for crimes against podcasting. Crimes um, Nando's. <laughs> they'll, they'll be like, look, I don't need anything. I just need a wild herb sauce. That's it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, this it's looking good for you at the moment, Frankie, because you are our current champion. Well, um, so tell you what. So that, that yeah. the smell of the smell of wild herbs is, is in the air uh, tonight, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, which is looking which is looking very good. So. 
for this for this um, back in time quiz, I've got this I've got this this book of quotes. Now the title of it is the funniest villa quotes in big bold capital letters. So you'd think uh, that it would be uh, it would be quite funny. Um, it's not. I mean, there's, uh, <laughs> but there are there are other quotes in this book which they're not funny, but they do give an insight into kind of villa through the years. So I'm going to kind of read them to you. I'm kind of give going to give you a kind of context as to. Um, the reasons they were said and then you have to guess um who said them uh, that's kind of how it's going to work if that's okay let's do okay. this so Rushing, what's going to be your buzzer noise of course it is gabby george of course excellent Not gabby, and, george, uh, just gabby <laughs> just gabby, <laughs> just gabby. Uh, and frankie what's uh, what's your buzzer noise oh, mine's going to be fenton. fenton graham fenton graham fenton okay here we go so this is the quote if i'd had a gun i'd have shot him Fenton. Oh, oh. oh, okay. Fenton, Frankie, straight in there. Who said that? I feel like I remember John Gregory said that about Dwight York. Yes, he correct. He did. John Gregory did say that after Dwight York stated his desire to join Man United, who he, of course, eventually joined. Again, another dubious one about... <laughs> was that actually a funny quote? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I it's a, it's a quote. Let's just leave it at that. Right. right. Okay. Well done, Frankie. This is the next quote. Here we go. I don't want to go over the top, but with Fabian Delph, there's not a better midfielder in the country at the moment. Who said that? Um, Fenton. Frankie. Paul Lambert. It's not Paul Lambert. Oh. It's not Paul Lambert, which gives Rasheen, of course, the chance to steal. Who um, I... was Aston Villa manager when Fabian Delph was in top form? Can I, can Go I come on, back Frankie, in? Yeah, struggling, Frankie. Fenton. Is it is it Tim Sherwood? It is of course. Yeah. Tim oh, Sherwood. Tim Sherwood, the David it's Brent of. Oh, I've got Tim Sherwood. I'm terrible at this quiz, aren't I? <laughs> I, I, I no comment. Um, <laughs> okay, Frankie, that makes it two 0 to you. So this is the decider, I think. So this is a quote here. The accelerator's position meant my right knee was giving me grief. Oh, um, this is a, it's it's a it's a tricky one because it's it's about quite a famous incident involving a fullback of ours, and he was driving quite an expensive car, but he couldn't he couldn't reach the accelerator. Fenton, yes, got to be Alan Wright. Got to be Alan Wright, it's isn't it? Alan Wright, that's right. <laughs> he put his knee in, reaching for the accelerator in his fifty thousand pound Ferrari. And had to sell it. He did what? what? I didn't. I've not heard this story. Tell me this story, please. I, no, go on. Tell me the story. Well, I mean, that is the story. Alan, Alan Wright bought a Ferrari for fifty thousand pounds, but he was so small. I think he was only about five foot four or something. I think Alan Wright, famously, he's so small. When he reached down to put his foot on the accelerator, he injured his knee, and then had to sell the car. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Right. Well done, Frank. You've you've won it. Uh, <laughs> you won surprise, was it? I'm throwing in the towel. I'm never getting this Nando's. <laughs> Honestly. Well done, Frankie. You're on, you're on a hot streak. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you next week, Rasheen. Tatty bye, George, up the villa. Up the villa, Rasheen, and a cheery bye from Frankie. See you in a bit. Up the villa as always. Up the villa and it's goodbye from me. We'll be back next week to talk over Villa versus Newcastle. But until then, come on you villa boys from Aston. Aston.